This episode is made possible by the Quantor XL Drum Composting System from European Composting Systems AB. This is the organic stream on compoststory.org, the bite-sized podcast series interviewing experts and key figures in the environmental sphere on all things organic and recycling. Get your lunchtime organic fix here. Hi there once again and welcome to the show. As always, I'm your host, Aline Murphy, and today we're in the Netherlands talking to director and RE specialist of the FACT Foundation, Winfried Reisenbeek. Uh, Winfried and the FACT Foundation work closely with local partners all over the developing world to set up and educate communities about biogas systems. So for this show, we'll be focusing solely on biogas in developing countries. Topics will include the types of organics used for production, why biogas systems are not yet a staple in developing countries, and uh, framing biogas as more than just a source of energy. Lots of great topics to sink our teeth into, so stay tuned. Uh, So, Winfried, uh, the FACT Foundation provides biogas solutions for communities in developing countries, but also provides training, knowledge and support. You have partners across the globe that you work with, and uh, you're based in the Netherlands, is that correct? That's correct. And there's the Wageningen University, Uh, it's the Agricultural University of the Netherlands, and it's quite uh, well known. Right. And uh, could you tell me a little bit more about FACT and the work that you do? I I will. Uh, We started in 2005 and this FACT Foundation was established by uh, the late professor Kees Dijauwens, who was first renewable energy specialist in the Netherlands. So he found out that, yes, indeed, developing countries need energy as well. So he decided to uh, to establish a foundation. And so uh, in 2009, after the uh, case has ceased, we got a program developed in which we tested many different type of bioenergy projects. Cool. And uh, what kind of things did you test? We, we started with bioethanol. And we looked at residues, for example, cassava peels, and to turn that into bioethanol uh, so that people could have uh, either uh, cooking fuel or transport fuel. So we tested bioethanol, we tested uh, biodiesel based on vegetable oils, and we also tested gasification based on wood residues, and we tested biogas. About four technologies were into uh, our portfolio with the DUNE program, and we tested that with different partners, uh, partners in Panama, in Peru, in Uganda, etc., etc. So then, after some three years of doing this, we came to the conclusion that if there's anything ready for a market, then it is biogas. And biogas seems to be the most easy the most easy in installing it, the most easy in operating it. And this is very simple, Eline. Biogas is all about life and it's a, a biological system. And to be honest, everybody who can handle a cow can handle a biogas installation. Hmm, so if biogas is such a great solution, why isn't it more popular or well-known in developing countries? Well, um, Why is it not happening there? Because you have a supply and a demand. And in the case of developing countries, the suppliers, they are not well informed because they they use maybe obsolete technologies or they have no 
updated uh, knowledge in many cases. And on the, uh, the demand side, the thing is even worse because many of these people that have the production of organic-based streams, they don't know about biogas. So they have no idea of that solution. And this is really uh, a struggle that we have. On one hand, the suppliers are not really customizing their systems for the clients. And the clients, on the other hand, don't know about biogas. So we have really a task. Now, you can say, can it pay off, so to say? Is it a good investment? Yeah, that's just what I wanted to ask. Uh, Is it worth setting up? That is the interesting part. If you look at the investment, it can be expensive, but you can also reduce the cost of biogas systems. For example, by using a diesel generator that you add the biogas. So you reduce uh, your cost of buying a totally new biogas generator. The other thing is in Germany and the rest of Europe, systems have been made for temperate climates. So they have uh, insulative walls. They are compact because land is expensive. So you make a compact system and you have to heat it because if you don't heat it, you don't get the right temperature. Uh, Labor costs are also very expensive in uh, Europe. So we made systems in Europe that are high investment but low operational cost. Now, the funny thing is we have a slightly different situation in developing countries for biogas. In many countries, you don't have these high land costs. You don't have these high labor costs. You have uh, other temperatures. So it makes it all different. And we can show that in many cases, these systems can be paid off in about three to four years. And the investments, they are relatively mild depending on the technology. But mm, interesting. Yeah. So the funny thing is, how is biogas portrayed uh, in general? And in Europe, we always say, well, biogas is good as a technology because uh, you have uh, renewable energy coming out of it. But that's it. Now, Look at developing countries. What are the basic issues over there? It's food security. What happens that about 25% of the food production is lost in the stream of transport and logistics and storage? So if you energize the food chain on the the proper way so that you have energy to cool uh, the products or to process or store the products, then you can reduce these losses. This energy is the beauty Biogas can deliver that. You have a resource or an organic waste stream coming out of the, the agro-processing. And from that, you make the energy to allow this agro-processing to happen. That's actually what I was keen to ask you as well. Um, since you have experience in this, uh, it would be great if you could detail the different types of organic materials you can use to make biogas. Yeah, Uh, Things that you can use is, for example, organic waste streams like from the palm oil industry. Dairy farms is another sector. All these farms, they produce manure. And again, uh, uh, when there's agriculture and forestry, there's always waste streams. And it depends on the composition and the availability. For example, in Uganda, we know that there's a lot of lakes that are clogged with water hyacinth. But... If the lake is fully covered with water hyacinth, really you have a problem because then fish won't be able to to grow under it because it shades the water and you get all sort of uh, trouble. Now, water hyacinth, if you turn that into biogas, the slurry of the water hyacinth, you can take out that slurry and use it as a fertilizer. So That's an amazing way of dealing with the problem of water hyacinth then. 
Right, right. So there's that sort of thing as well. And uh, what I just mentioned before, we always portray biogas as an energy solution. Well, I tell you, it is much more. It is about the food security. It's about sustainable agriculture because people can reduce the chemical fertilizer and enhance the soil quality because this bio slurry is very good for the soil. And finally, it's also about sanitation. I mean, if you contaminate rivers and later on people take water from that river, well, it's not that nice. So for sanitation purposes, it's also good. So it's it's bringing this topic not as biogas, because if I tell about biogas only as a technology, people will say, well, okay, uh, technologies, we're not so interested, we're interested in people. Well, we're talking about people because we are supporting food security, we're supporting all these other uh, benefits. And if, if I talk about biogas only, well, it will be a boring story. But if I talk about food security, and the link to environment and the link to all these other uh, sustainable agriculture, then people start to say, hey, well, damn it, this is interesting. Excellent points. And uh, if your opinion is that we need to raise awareness of all the benefits of biogas production, um, what are the things holding us back and where do we need to focus our efforts? So this is where the story is very simple. Now, if everybody that is doing biogas is saying, no, you can do it with biogas, but you should do it like this. And the other one says, no, you should do it like that. And there's no standards, there's no coherence in that group of alternatives. Then the market, they will say, well, this seems to be uh, this. And the other one says it is like that. And you don't know. And everybody says, okay, well, this is rubbish. Now, if you say, as all biogas interested people, we form a platform and that platform sent messages always in the same form and you explain about the advantages of biogas always in the same form you might create a sort of uh, advertisement to the customers that is coherent and then maybe it will work another thing is if you are working in a platform and you share information about your systems, again, that will help because you can learn much quicker from the other one than doing everything yourself. So making a sort of platform is one of the things that we thought is necessary. So the platform is then basically about learning and exchanging information so that everybody has the same knowledge and then it is about dissemination and advocacy. Ah, right. So... That basically we said we should be doing. And in 2013, in beginning of June, we started to launch this Global Alliance for Productive Biogas. And now we are with 90 plus partners all around the world, in Africa, in Asia, in Latin America. And we have been talking with all these local producers, research people, uh, associations about biogas. So we have Global Alliance for Productive Biogas has, a, has an international board. So we have been asking our members, our partners, okay, guys, this is what we plan to do. What's your view on this, this and this and this? So the important thing here is that you're working closely with the communities. Right. And it made us realize, Lean, and that's, that's maybe the interesting thing, that we are not alone because uh, we see, for example, there's a lot of libraries and there's libraries about biogas. There's few YouTube-like things or trainings. There's people doing that. And that's also how we came in contact with the compostery organization. 
And yeah, we said, okay, well, if you're already doing training modules through YouTube and sort of internet videos, that's perfect. So let's uh, push this thing forward. That's what we think. We have to to convince many people that this is the way to go forward. Great stuff. And uh, finally, is there any advice you'd like to give our listeners? Yeah, I, I, I would like to say that if people want to deal with this topic, just have them go to our website and that website is uh, productivebiogas.org and we invite everybody to look at the, the waste operators, the sewerage system operators, the agro-processing cooperatives, the, the agro-industries and the farmers to uh, to have a look and see what it can bring to them. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's great. Great stuff. Uh, thanks for your time, Winfried. Okay. Well, Aline, it was uh, a pleasure uh, and thanks a lot. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. That was Winfried Reisenbeek for the Organic Stream on Compostory.org. For more on the FACT Foundation, visit www.fact-foundation.com. That's all one word. And as always, you can find us on Compostory.org or on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Compostory.org. That's all we have time for today. Um, I hope to see you again next week. You were listening to The Organic Stream on Compostory.org. This episode was made possible by Quantor XL Drum Composting System from European Composting Systems AB. Quantor XL Drum Composting is a turnkey system that achieves full hygienization. Manure, sludge and bio-waste can be composted and turned into a resource, recycling many important nutrients back to nature. Find out more on www.ecsab.com.